Welcome to the Future of Application Security, a podcast for ambitious leaders who want to build a modern and effective AppSec program. Doing application security right is really hard. Now I'm going to help you build a better future of AppSec at your company by curating the lessons from the leaders. I'm your host, Harshal Parikh, CEO of Tromso. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Future of AppSec. We have, as a guest of honor today, Sri Pulla from Cloudflare. Sri, such a pleasure to have you on this podcast today. Yeah, same here. Super excited to be here, Harshal. All right, Sri, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit to your audience? Uh, what do you do? Where do you work? And what's your role? Sure. So I'm Sri, I'm the director of AppSec application security team here at Cloudflare. My background, I've been in the AppSec space for a little more than 10 years now. And I stumbled into AppSec. I had this awesome, unique opportunities, how I like to call it, to be part of certain companies at the right place at the right time kind of thing. So I worked at RSA post their breach in 2012, rebuilding their apps or products that were compromised as part of breach. And then I was part of Yahoo post breach in 2016 and then had to be part of their AppSec team and mature the program. So I was in these unique spaces where People were open to change, and then there was a lot of rapid maturing in the security posture of a company that happened, and I got to be part of it and got to contribute and learn along the way. So something that's unique to like my background. And then I've also been part of AWS is their emerging technology space for a little bit, where we managed the AppSec team that looked at brand new products ranging from like softwares that go into satellites to even like autonomous cars. And currently at Cloudflare, you're solving this big problem of how do we make internet a better place? And that seems like a very unique space to be and to solve and ensure like all of our customers that use the internet are secure. Talk about big visions for a company, making a better, safer place. That's a big vision. And I know Cloudflare is executing really well. I think uh, Cloudflare launched a few tools for consumers to use as well, right? for security of uh, consumer space? Yes, yes. We have a few products in, in, in the terms of like zero trust that are doing pretty well. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've worked at some really, really amazing companies and you, you mentioned some of them. Cloudflare being a very, very large tech company. Tell me a little bit about what's your scope at Cloudflare? What does AppSec do? What are they responsible for? Sure. So at Cloudflare, application security team is predominantly responsible for all of our products, like our, all of our customer facing products that we sell and make money. How do we ensure that all those products are secure? Which means that we play a, the main role of being a collaborator and contributor to ensuring our security products are secure to start with when we sell something out to our customers which means the team does a vast night, a variety of work, which is security reviews, adding or building security tooling, building our own secure libraries, the rest of the engineering organization uses and things like that. That's cool. Now, you mentioned you worked at many different companies. Have you always been in AppSec or were you something else before within security? 
I started off as a software engineer in a security company at RSA. And then a year into the job, I kind of realized even though I was in a software engineering role, I was doing a lot of apps like work and then transitioning to like the security team into the apps like space there. That's really cool. Does that give you any unique perspective if you've already worked as a software engineer? Do you, do you have a different perspective than somebody who's always been in security? Yes, for sure. And like, that's like one of the main things I look for when I'm hiring for people is like people who have some kind of like programming or building products background, then you have a little bit of more empathy towards a software engineer who's building products, right? Somebody who is purely security does not go in, like understand the nitty gritties of like how a product gets built and like the difficulties or challenges there. So when a AppSec person has a programming background and has built products, like they drive those conversations with a little more empathy because they understand where an engineer is coming from, a software engineer is coming from. Right, right. That's an interesting take on it. So driving empathy comes with experience and, you know, running in shoes of a software developer. So you really understand how they make decisions so you can empathize with them. In terms of AppSec at Cloudflare, you know, we were chatting a little bit before the podcast and you talked about an interesting phenomenon where Cloudflare started a very decentralized model of AppSec, but now one of your initiatives is to actually centralize some of those things. Tell me a little bit more about what the decentralized model looked like when you joined and uh, where is it going? So when I joined, I think the decentralized model was more like we had security engineers embedded in like very specific products of Cloudflare. I think we had like a team of like good 10, 12 apps, like people working as part of product teams and very embedded and solving problems for that specific product. But then what that led to is like, even though they're security engineers, they were all working in silos, not as much collaborating or like sharing knowledge between each other. Maybe we're solving individual risks in very specific spaces where we had embedded security engineers and with so many products that Cloudflare has, like it's very difficult to find and embed right people in every team. So we've moved back a little into a much more centralized AppSec team wherein now it's a centralized team, no, not like a dedicated one-to-one AppSec person to a product, but then each AppSec person has like an area that they specialize in and contribute more to, but then are able to scale and look at all different products for AppSec for Cloudflare. Which means that the engineers have much more larger breadth of work that they can learn about and contribute to as well. And then we are able to scale the program a little better, removing silos and and sharing more information, things like that. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, I I can imagine how that would be helpful for scaling resources so you can distribute resources as and when demand arises between different products. There's potentially better career growth options for the individual people as well. But have you heard of any pushback from the dev teams because they might be losing a dedicated person and now instead have to rely on resource allocation from you or somebody else within the central security team? I would say not as much pushback for sure, because I think at Cloudflare, people are more open to like trying new things out. So they want to try it out. As long as they know, they can reach out and we'll get help. Everybody is happy. 
but the setting the right expectations, like when we engage with an engineering team, like letting them know, providing timelines on how this engagement is going to function, like puts people at ease. Yeah. So we have a lot more structure and heads up given to product teams ahead. And right. That makes sense. And with many, many product teams, many, many of them deploying code and infrastructure at various frequencies, how does a central security team engage with them? What is the frequency? What are the checkpoints where whether a human or an automated engagement between security and development happens? So we, we've taken this approach of a few things have already been in place that has been working on like how AppSec fits into like the whole SDLC process that exists at Cloudflare. And then the new thing that we've done since we've moved into a centralized model is a risk-based approach wherein every time engineering, a product engineering team is shipping something out, they, they have a workflow in place wherein a review process gets kicked off and it's all automated today. And they answer a security questionnaire, which is like a bunch of questions related to the change that they are deploying. And then we've automated the whole risk calculation process today. So we calculate risk based on certain set of questions that we ask. And then based on the risk scores, the change gets prioritized by our team. Like how do we want to engage? What kind of an engagement? How deep we want to dive into the change that's happening? And what kind of an assessment are we going to do? That's one part of it. The other part of it that we are actively working on is automating it further based on the questionnaire itself. Can we do automated validations around the questions that are answered based on like checking the configs or like setup of their zones and things like that to confirm that what they've answered in the questionnaire is validated. And so even lesser human intervention is needed and that work, some of those workflows could go completely automated end-to-end and engineering can push the changes to production without humanly interacting with an AppSec team. Right. So it's interesting that you're using questionnaires to collect the data. I think a lot of teams actually do that. But what I've seen differ company by company or team by team is when do they actually trigger that questionnaire? So all the way from the beginning, when a product manager or engineering manager or somebody thinks of a feature or a bug or whatever they need to do, mm-hmm. it exists as a task tracking somewhere, right? A, a Jira ticket. Yeah. Or no code being written so far. Like I'm talking about specific small features. So that's one yeah. level of abstraction. The other level of abstraction is somebody's building a brand new service, new product, which is a much larger initiative. So there's multiple layers of abstraction of when engineering work gets planned. And then there's multiple things happening after it, which is somebody starts designing the feature, writing some sort of documentation, then actually starting to write code. Eventually testing happens and then eventually gets deployed and then, and then in production. So where exactly does your questionnaire fit into that entire process? That's a great question. So we do something called as roadmaps. Uh, that's what the engineering teams build on a quarterly basis, like roadmap of work that they're planning for the quarter. And then this questionnaire kicks in right when they have a functional spec ready. So that functional spec gets created and that triggers a change in the workflow. We use Jira for it today. So when that change gets triggered, that's when a review ticket gets generated and the review questionnaire gets kicked off. So it's usually the engineering manager that's responsible for the change filling out the question has an answering the based on like the functional spec and design changes. Right. Okay. So they answer it 
One of the challenges, and maybe you have the answer for this, maybe not, but one of the challenges that I've seen is a lot of times they will honestly and truly fill out that questionnaire with things that they know about at that time. But when they start writing code, things change, new tech stacks get introduced, new dependencies get introduced, they start interacting with other third-party systems that they might not have known before. A lot of mm -hmm. things change. So is there another checkpoint that validates those responses or how does that work? Yeah, so I think that's the piece that we are currently like actively like rolling out at testing. That's the validation piece that I was talking about earlier. So once you fill in your questionnaire and you provide your input to the questionnaire, as in like where does your repo live? Where are the configuration changes happening? Like for our CDN setup, like everything lives on the CDN. So if we have our internal configurations on like where the product is going to live on the network and things like that. So all of that, information gets collected and then the automation kicks in where and it goes in and periodically, periodically validates and checks for things. Like if checks are failing, then they get added to a review ticket and get flagged where that's when our team comes in and says, okay, things are changing, which means that they have to get looked into. Yeah. So you're building all of this automation in-house. Do you have developers in your team or is there another different team that's helping build these automations? So yeah, it's all built in-house and I have it like we have a sister team we call it uh ProdSec engineering team. So we are they're building security tooling and we collaborate with them very closely on like building and rolling some of these product and feature out. Got it, got it. Okay. So if I walk through this, you collect the functional information, security requirements information. You feed that back to the engineering team saying, okay, because you're doing X, Y, and Z. You have to follow A, B, and C controls, and then you technically yeah. you validate the implementation of those controls, potentially run some scans and stuff like that as well. Yeah. This. So then the metadata collected from that automation goes into some place that's looked at by a security person. Let's say the automation uh, ran a few scans or checked the zoning and configurations of things. If it's in violation, does it go to security or does it go to dev teams directly? Good question. So right now it all, like we find all the results and they all show up on the ticket, like for anybody to look at, it can be an AppSec person or an engineer saying, these were all the findings, do something about it. Eventually they'll all be part of like the whole, we have whole, this one management process on how we generate security bugs and manage them. So it will be part of that where we're generating saying, oh, this is a finding and have a severity and priority for that finding for, for the engineering team to look at and work on. That's pretty cool. Do you have a separate team or individuals dedicated to vulnerability management? Yes, that's a whole separate team altogether. And they are mainly looking at all the ones that are coming out of like automated scanning and tooling that we have in place. And they also manage the first level triage for like the bug bounty tickets and things like that as well for us. Right. Okay. So going back to the questionnaires or the information that you collect from the dev teams, does that connect to the risk-based decision-making that you were talking about earlier? Because you're centralizing this to make a holistic risk-based approach of AppSec. How does that information feed into that risk management framework? Right now, we're just generating and sharing that information. But so we retain a lot of the information today. So when a product is doing incremental changes, right? So the risk score for the product is one and then the risk score for the change that they're working and then the actual number that comes out of it. And all of that is retained. 
how this is going to play into like the bigger picture eventually that we are driving towards that the project Inch Tome is taking the lead on is uh, we're going to generate like risk metrics or risk scores for our product itself, say, this is how your code is looking. This is how, these are like the known vulnerabilities, known existing risks that they've signed off on or they currently own that they haven't mitigated. All of that put together generate a risk score for a product, which implies that we use that risk score for like future decision making and, and also comes into a picture when we make a judgment of like which product we want to deep dive and review on a regular basis. Right. That's pretty cool. So. How do you define a product? In your case, obviously, it's a product that you're selling to your customers. But do you think about it just in the terms of just code repos or also pipelines and artifacts or also things that are actually running in your cloud environment? Or what are the components of that? So when you're considering risk, do you consider things from each layer of the stack or is it very specific to certain things? I think it's all of it. So when, when we say risk, we are doing a couple of different things in part, as part of the risk calculation process itself. One is like the maturity risk of the product as in is a product in, is it just an MVP beta or is it something in our production already today? That's maturity risk related to the product. Then we also do a network risk for the product as in where in our network does it sit? That is it on the edge where it's reachable from the internet directly or it's somewhere else? behind the scene where it's much more in a much more secure place, right? Like that's network risk. So we do our, the risk calculation takes into a couple of different aspects of like what kind of a product, where it sits in the network, how, what's the current maturity of it and how is it really going to engage with our external customer? Is it something that we open up to a customer or is it a product that's behind the scenes talking to something else that's open to our customers. So all of that coming to play into the risk calculation today. Right, right. So that those are the risk factors. And then obviously the uh, the information through the questionnaires and the testing, pen test, bug bounty, automated scans, all of that consolidated comes together and builds the risk score. Use that risk score to also prioritize your efforts in some way, because I can imagine with a small security team, you would have a lot of different products to deal with. Yeah, so I think the risk score is what we're predominantly relying on today to say, so my team, we try and do a little bit of agile, as in like we, we do bi-weekly sprints and we plan our work. So when we say we're planning our work, we're mainly relying on this risk scores for like different changes that are being pushed and then say, what's the highest risk and let's prioritize that first. Got it, got it. Okay, that makes sense. As you think about that risk Do you also include the context from the business side of things? Like, for example, you know, any compliance related requirements or any privacy, legal or customer contractual requirements, any of that stuff, does that play a role into this decision making? Right now, like the risk score doesn't really rely on that. It's much more technical driven as in like network maturity, how are we doing auth and uh, logging and monitoring and things like that. But eventually, I think like the bigger picture is to find more synergies on how we can incorporate things that privacy team is doing and compliance team is doing into our work and even legal too. Like I've been having some conversations with people in all of these departments to say, what are some of the things that they are looking for? Is it similar to what we are capturing already in our risk scores? And can they 
can we share that information and and work together on it? Right, right. That's awesome. Uh, so in, in talking about partnerships and uh, discussions with other teams outside of security, what are the things that you show or discuss with you know teams outside of security, whether it's a particular dev team or any other leadership team or legal things that you can share with them or you, you do share with them regularly? So privacy comes to mind and then they, because we've been doing a lot of work with them around like data privacy and how we define data classification for like uh, things that we store behind the scenes for like all the data that flows through our network. And the current initiative is more around, are we, when we classify data, is security and privacy on the same page? Like when you say something is PII, like their definition and our definition should align and how we ensure that that information flows bi-directionally from them to us. Right. That's awesome. And I can imagine with uh, at Cloudflare, the alignment and the interest of collaborating together would be very high in the legal, privacy, yeah. security, and engineering. Uh, because you, you're obviously selling security products, there would be a lot mm-hmm. of um, interest towards doing the right things and building good security within the company. Um, yeah. What about some metrics? Do you have any uh, metrics that you share with the leadership or outside security? That's a good question. So it depends. Like we do a lot of metrics as a company. I want to stick and answer it more from AppSec standpoint. I think yeah. uh, from AppSec standpoint, metrics is very nascent, I would say, since because we've just rolled out this whole risk-based calculation and how we're prioritizing things. A lot more metrics is trying to identify where we have gaps or where we are unable to get to like these high-risk items and how long they've been sitting in our backlog and things like that is something that we are actively calculating today. Right, right. That's pretty cool. And in terms of, you know, talking about the future of uh, AppSec, where do you envision your team, your function going over the next few years? So I think AppSec, the bigger, the team vision at Cloudflare is how can we collaborate seamlessly with our engineering teams to ensure that any product that they want to launch, we can support it. So we've always played this role of however insane an idea might sound like, bring your code, we'll run it on our edge as one of our products. And now we have another product, which is bring your binaries and we'll run it on our edge. Like it sounds very insane to say that we do it, but then Security is like, okay, we get it. Let's solve this unique problem in the most secure way possible. So that's like a unique idea that we really want to collaborate and grow and to say that unique spaces that Cloudflare is moving into, how we can continue supporting them. Right, right. And, you know, that's a very interesting problem to solve because as a company, Cloudflare is pushing the boundaries of technology and encouraging developers to do more innovative and interesting things. And as yeah. your team, your vision is to support them and help them build secure software, which yeah. inherently means that you're pushing your team to do more innovative things, more interesting things. So as yeah. you hire talent or look at talent within your team, are there any particular skills that you find are more interesting, more relevant going forward? Or what are you looking to augment your team with? Yeah, I would say it's not just my team, but everywhere, I think cloud and public cloud is here to stay, right? Like everybody's going to push more and more of their things into cloud or things into an environment where we are not the sole contributors of securing that end-to-end. Like we are handing it over and relying on a different 
company or team to do security? Like mm-hmm. how how can we continue in that model and mature that model that it actually sustains is something that we are looking at in Cloudflare too. That's awesome. Yeah. So more diverse skill sets across not just the code and the application, the software itself, but also across cloud. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. This was such a fascinating conversation. I learned so much about how you're structuring your teams and how it's driving risk-based decision-making across application security. Thank you so much for your time. It's a fascinating conversation. Yeah, thank you. It was really nice being here and talking to you. Thanks for listening to The Future of Application Security. If you've enjoyed this episode or you are new to the show, I'd love to have you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any episode. And if you like the podcast, I'd be grateful if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening.